I'm Emily Calkins. And I'm Britta Barrett. And you're listening to The Desk Set, a bookish podcast for reading broadly. On this episode, we're talking about 2019. We'll talk about reading goals and New Year's resolutions and how the library can support them. Then we'll discuss some of the most anticipated books coming out in the new year. We'll wrap up by announcing the categories for Tend to Try 2019. All right, so I thought we could start by talking about how to make reading part of your new year. I know a lot of people have a resolution of reading more or reading different kinds of things or some other kind of reading-related resolution. So let's talk about how you incorporate reading in your life. For me, it's been super helpful to listen to audiobooks. I feel like I've just heard so many more books this year than when I was trying to read physical ones. And part of that is just the convenience of being a captive audience, right? In the car, at the gym, um, things when I'm like doing tours or something. To be able to integrate reading as like a multitasking experience has really transformed the way I read. Yeah, me too. I think the other element of that is that I am guilty, like everyone, basically, of always having my phone with me. And so I almost always have an audiobook with me as well. And I've tried reading on my phone, and that doesn't have the same um, the same level of interest for me for whatever reason. But I think you're right. Like, adding audiobooks in is always my number one recommendation when people say, how do you read so much? It's like, well, I listen. Mostly I'm <laughs> cheating. <laughs> it's totally not cheating. Um, no, it's not. I, I firmly believe that audiobooks are reading, but I think people don't always think about it that way. So. And then another thing that's super convenient about them is that you can uh, put something on hold and it'll just like automatically download to your phone. It's like a fun surprise to open it up and be like, oh, what do I have to read this week? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and in Overdrive on Libby, you can search by things that are currently available too. So if you get to the end of your audiobook before you thought you were going to, it's easy to find something that you can start right away while you're waiting for your next hold to come in. So Overdrive is our ebook and downloadable audiobook platform, and that's how we purchase and make available all of our digital ebooks um, and downloadable audiobooks. Libby is the app that you use to read ebooks or listen to audiobooks on your device. So on your phone, your tablet, whatever. Uh, Libby is a new, pretty new app from Overdrive and it's really easy to use. I love it. And it's got some cool features, right? Like about setting a timer. So if you want to listen while you're falling asleep or... Yeah, there's a sleep timer. On audiobooks, you can speed them up. So I personally can't do this, but I know lots of people who love to listen at like one and a half speed. So you can get even more reading (laughs) in when you're driving or working out or whatever it is you're doing. You, like I said, there's lots of search filters, so you can search by things that are available. You can search by narrator in addition to searching by author. I think most devoted audiobooks listeners have favorite narrators. I know I do. Another thing that I do when I get into a reading slump or I'm trying to like meet a reading goal is read graphic novels. Me too. It also feels like cheating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because they're so much faster. Mm -hmm. You're absorbing information in multiple ways, and they tend to just be shorter. I mean, a trade of a ongoing series is much shorter than a 300 or 400 page novel. To be fair, there are some graphic novelists like Chris Ware. I could look at one of his oversized pages for an hour, just taking in all of the details. But for sure, when you're reading a graphic novel, time flies. It's kind of like watching TV. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I mentioned that I sometimes use them to sort of bump up my count for the year. Do you set a goal 
So, like, I'm going to read 100 books this year. Last year, my goal was 50. Okay. And I just put in all of my numbers, and so far I'm up to 75. Oh, <laughs> you're doing it. So I need to set the bar higher. Yes. <laughs> so I also set a goal. Mine was 150 this year. What do you do? I'm not going to make it. Um, <laughs> and I should say that that includes picture books that I read mm-hmm. with my daughter. So the first time, picture books get a lot of repeat readings at my house. But the first time that we read it, if it's new to me and to her, I add it. And I'm still not going to make 150. But I think I'm going to be close. I'm over 100 already. So we'll see. And I always sort of have mixed feelings about a number as a goal because mm-hmm. it, it does – lend itself to certain kinds of reading more, right? Like you end up reading more graphic novels because you think, oh, this is really short, or like more novellas, uh, and sort of straying away, staying away from things. There are a couple of cookbooks on my list. Exactly. (laughs) You end up sort of staying away from those things, like, um, for example, Jill Lepore's These Truths, that I think is probably very worthwhile. It's also like a thousand pages, and... That's just a lot. It's a lot to commit to for a single book, especially if you set this number goal for yourself. So I have mixed feelings about it, but I have not read any epic fantasy this year. Right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. No like 600-page dialect-filled literary fiction. Um although, you know, a couple of 20-hour audiobooks. So there are ways to to get that stuff in as well. And that's what I love about 10 to try is I feel like 10 is a number that almost anyone who wants to can achieve in a year. Yes. The number is very achievable. And the categories, when I'm designing them, I'm always sort of thinking of things that I think are broad enough that there's a little bit of room for interpretation. So, for example, um, on this year's list... Um, read a book in translation. Well, I think a lot of times when people think about translated works, they sort of think about literary fiction. Mm-hmm. And certainly when we talk to Megan, she her translations are mostly literary fiction. But there's actually a lot of other stuff that's translated. So um, Norwegian crime fiction, mm-hmm. most of that is translated, right? Like it's not originally written in – or Scandinavian crime fiction – is mostly translated. It's not originally written in English. It's translated from Swedish or Norwegian or whatever. Um, there's lots of mysteries from all over the world that are in translation. So I'm always looking for categories that will both challenge people and give them a little bit of wiggle room to find something sort of on the edge of, of their comfort zone. And that's definitely been true for me participating in Tend to Try. Um, we've talked a lot about biography and memoir this year and like how that's not I don't think of that as being my jam, and yet because of the challenge, I ended up reading a bunch of biography and memoir this year. So, I want about for a person who finds reading kind of like isolating. <laughs> oh, so obviously, book groups are a great way to connect with other readers. There's lots of different ways that book groups can work. Obviously, we have book groups in many of our libraries who meet in person about once a month. Everybody reads the same book. They come together and talk about it. Can you tell us a little bit about the Shoreline Social Justice Book Group? Sure. So in addition to just the standard book groups that we have in many of our libraries, we have some sort of special book groups as well, including one in Shoreline that's a social justice-themed book group. So it's a partnership with the Shoreline City Government, and the um, titles are all thing are all books that address issues around social justice. So 
they, you know, they use it as an opportunity to look at these sort of serious issues and also to engage um, in some discussion around their community and how those issues play out uh, locally as well as whatever is reflected in the title. So it doesn't just have to be like a cheese plate and wine and... (laughs) No, although, I mean, I feel like we can never have too many cheese plates in our lives. Uh, (laughs) But yes, there are a lot of different variations. We also have some book groups that readers get together and just talk about whatever they've been reading instead of everybody reading the same title. So we have a book group at our administrative building that meets to talk about 10 to try once a month, but we just sort of talk about whatever we've been reading in whatever category. So it's a great opportunity to connect with other readers to talk about what you've been reading and not have that um, sort of homeworky feeling that sometimes comes with a book group. Totally. And not everyone necessarily has time to read the same book at the same moment. What I love to stay connected to my faraway friends is I'll read a book I love and pass describe it to my bestie, send them a copy or encourage them to pick one up, and then we'll talk about it when they're done with it. But sometimes that happens over the course of months. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I think books are, I mean, obviously, or I wouldn't be in my job. I think books are a great vehicle for connection. And we always spend time in my family around the holidays talking about what have we been reading and gifting Everyone books to each other. gets a book from me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I am 100% the auntie who gives books and, you know. I like to think people get excited to see what book they're going to get from me, but I'm not making any promises or saying anything on their behalf. There's an Icelandic tradition that I think is called Yola Book Flood. Have you heard of this? I have heard of it. What is that? Okay, so as far as I understand it, and correct me if I'm wrong, I believe you are more versed in this than I am. It's like a Christmas Eve, and you everybody exchange exchanges gifts of books, and then you just go home and, like, read all night your brand new books cozy up with some cocoa get under the blanket it just sounds so perfect perfect we have a tradition in my family of opening one present on christmas eve and often i would look for the book-shaped one yes that i had like a fun activity to do and it was so cool to learn like oh other people do this the whole country of iceland (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it can be a part of your holiday traditions too if you'd like to integrate that yeah i mean more books always is basically my life slogan (laughs) Okay, so if you're doing a reading challenge, whether it's a thematic challenge like 10 to try or just a number of books that you're trying to read, it is helpful to keep track of your reading. And I often use Goodreads. I think that's one a lot of people are familiar with. And part of it is the social aspect is really fun to be able to see what your friends are reading, to share lists, to see what they put on their to read list and add it to yours. But that's not the only way to keep track. No, you can use the library's catalog. So if you have a KCLS library card and you have created a BiblioCommons account, we actually have shelves in there that work in a pretty similar way. So you can keep track of things that you've completed, that you have an in-progress shelf so you can show what you're reading right now and people can connect with you around that and then they have a to read what is it called like for later yeah for later shelf so that you see something that looks (laughs) awesome you can put it on your for later shelf especially if it has lots of holds Mm -hmm. and this is a feature i love if there's something that has tons of holds on it you can put it on your for later shelf and eventually the holds will go away right like everyone will have checked it out and read it and you get a little pop-up in your catalog account that tells you like oh this book from your for later shelf is available now so it helps alleviate some of that waiting and you can you know go and get stuff when you're ready for it instead of going on the holds list and then inevitably what happens to me no matter how well I think I've managed my holds is I get like 20 holds in at once always and I, I don't know I don't know what the solution is but maybe I should be using my for later shelf more because I think that that would help 
So if you want to go old school offline, is there another way to track your reading? Sure. So if you're participating in Tend to Try, we have a challenge bookmark, which is really awesome. I just stick mine up on the bullet, my bulletin board at work. It's got a box for every category. You can write down what you're going to, um, what you've read in that category. I have seen coworkers who have little stickies for the things they're planning to read, and Cute. then they can move them around. <laughs> There's some shuffling. Sometimes something you thought you were going to read for one category ends up being for another. I know people who've kept like Excel spreadsheets for years or even like handwritten journals. I think that that is wonderful. And also I definitely would have lost one by now. And then another thing we do in the online library services department is keep the Instagram account for the library updated. So we love to share the books that we're reading through that medium. So please tag us with hashtag KCLS. If you've checked out one of our books, we'd love to see what you're reading too. Absolutely. It's fun to be able to reblog those things too. I love watching the Instagram account and seeing stuff that our readers have shared with us. Okay, so many of us will make reading-related resolutions for New Year's, but not everyone. <laughs> there are other things that people resolve to do, too. Do you want to talk about some of the ways that the library can support non-reading-related resolutions? Other things besides reading? Are no. you sure? <laughs> it's hard to believe, but it is true. Yeah, I mean, for a lot of people, one of the most classic resolutions is to work on your fitness in some capacity. And so we've got this great streaming service called Hoopla that's got just about everything you could need to make your own personal home gym from yoga to meditation, um, Zumba, you know, just like something for everybody. Yeah, all kinds of fun workout videos. And lots of different ability levels. So whether you're super advanced and can twist yourself into a pretzel pose or you want to like use a chair for assistance, um, you can definitely find what you're looking for in Hoopla. Um, another common resolution is travel. Mm -hmm. uh, so we have travel guides that you can check out from Overdrive. So again, if you're traveling and you just download a travel guide onto your phone or onto an e-reader, it's so much easier to use that than it is to be carrying around a big stack of travel books. And we also have Manga, which is our foreign language learning service, which is really awesome. It also has an app so you can be practicing as you're preparing to get, get go on a trip. You know, you can be... There's a car mode, so you can be practicing as you're driving, and it has tons of languages. I think there are like 70 plus the last time that I checked, which is really amazing. I don't even think that I could name 70 languages if pressed, so it's a great resource. Absolutely. And then if you want to spend less time on your devices, um, there's a book that's been really popular this past year called How to Break Up with Your Phone, um, which suggests innovative ways to spend less screen time. Always useful, unless you're reading on your screen, in which case... <laughs> You don't have to look directly at it. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing that I think is common as a uh, New Year's resolution is getting organized. Totally. So we have books related to all subjects, including this one. Um, a couple of big ones that have been big titles that have been really popular and I think been popular because they're actually useful are The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up, of course, and The Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So... As I understand it, Swedish death cleaning is a practice of people who are in the later stages of their life doing some cleanup before 
they in preparation for passing on so that they're not leaving their families with all of the stuff that accumulates over a lifetime. So that's sort of the origin of it. But I think that that idea about thinking, looking at your possessions and thinking about what's meaningful and what's useful is something that can apply to people in any stage of life. Absolutely. And another goal a lot of people have is cleaning up their finances, whether your goals are to save more for a big trip or maybe you're planning to buy some real estate or just want to get your credit score up. There are few books that can really help with that. One that I love is All Your Worth by Elizabeth Warren. Um, And then Refinery29 has a book about their money diaries. Have you ever read those? They are wild. Fascinating to see what other people are spending their money on. And I think for so long, especially for women, a lot of the reasons why we might experience um, gaps in in pay rates and things like that is because we don't talk about the subject. Mm -hmm. So being able to see a very transparent money diary is really interesting. Yeah, those are fascinating. Um, And that book is, is it out now? It is. Oh, I knew it was coming. I wasn't sure if it was out yet. Um, And then finally, one that comes up a lot is uh, eating well, of course, so that ties back into the fitness one. But we have a huge range of cookbooks, both available, both on Overdrive, so you can check them out on your tablet and put your tablet up in your kitchen and do some cooking that way. Or you can check out, of course, the print copies. Overdrive also has tons of other books about um, getting organized in the kitchen or variations on cooking so not just healthy eating but maybe meal prepping so that you're ready for a whole week or I've noticed over and over again some of the top checkouts in overdrive are about using your instant pot to make meals to do meal prep maybe people are interested in sheet pan suppers just anything that makes it easier yeah absolutely and we have tons of resources about all of those topics so do you have a new year's resolution or a personal goal for 2019 so this might sound weird, but uh, a tradition in my family and among friends is to make counterintuitive New Year's resolutions Okay, that sound kind of, like, bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so one that I'm interested in is giving up on dieting culture. Okay. So there's a large body of research that suggests that for many people, cycling through dieting over the course of a lifetime, one, doesn't necessarily work, and two, might actually be more harmful for you than just focusing on, let's say, health at every size. Mm -hmm. And so there are a couple of books that I am going to be reading that inspire that. It's kind of hard to give up on this promise of changing your body, changing your life. But um, I really love fat activist Virgie Tovar. She's someone who coined a hashtag called lose hate, not wait. And uh, she has a book called You Have the Right to Remain Fat, which is a rather provocative statement (laughs) for most people. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, in contemporary culture, we have all of this idea about weight loss or sort of like... Often now you sort of see it couched in like getting healthy wellness. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the end goal, even whether whether it's explicit or not, is still sort of getting down to a size that's acceptable with like massive air quotes. You can't see, but there are really big air quotes around that. Um, and so I'm also really inspired by Samantha Irby's New Year Same Trash, which is a, a vintage short of hers, where she talks about all of the resolutions she had for herself and the ones that she like did or did not achieve. <laughs> oh, that sounds delightful. It's hilarious and As such always. a good reminder of like being kind to yourself and setting reasonable goals. Yeah, I like it. What about you? So my personal goal for 2019 is to do more travel and exploration. And I'm especially thinking about exploring 
locally, um, I'm really bad about this. I have weekends. I don't know where the time goes. Like I also have a child. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but I've lived in West Seattle for five years, and I've only been to Vashon twice, and both times were for work. So it was just like, go to the library, which is a beautiful library, so by the way. So pretty. Get on that ferry. Yeah. <laughs> but just like, go to the library, turn around, get back on the ferry. Same. So my goal is to spend a little more time getting to explore you know, go, doing some big trips, but also exploring the wonderful Pacific Northwest. So a couple of goal, books that I have checked, um, picked out to help me with that. Um, the newest one is called Seattleness. This is a book from Sasquatch, and it is such a fun book. It's just full of images and infographics all about different elements of Seattle. So there are things like a map of all of the coffee shops in Seattle or infographics about um, all of the different um, natural water features or different animals that live in the greater Seattle area. Uh, so it's beautiful and it's a fun thing just to have and flip through, but I'm also hoping that will expire, inspire some exploration. I also want to get a hold of Swimming Holes of Washington, which mm. came out from Mountaineers. They do lots of really wonderful outdoorsy books, and they have things like hiking the Pacific Crest Trail and, you know, sort of much more intense. But like you mentioned, I have a little one, and I want to, you know, my style is a little more laid back than hiking the Pacific Crest Trail. So I feel like Swimming Holes of Washington will be, like, right up my alley. I want to borrow that one where you're done. Absolutely. <laughs> I believe the library owns it. So my last pick um, for this goal is A Year Right Here by Seattle author Jess Thompson. So she is a food writer. The subtitle of this book is Adventures in Food and Family. And she spent a year sort of exploring locally. And she writes not only about all of these wonderful sort of food-based adventures she had, which, again, is right up my alley, but she also writes about um, traveling and exploring with her son who has cerebral palsy. So there's an element to that family exploration that's really interesting to me, but I'm just looking forward to all of her recommendations. You know, they do things like going to dig razor clams and um, just some more inspiration to get out and see the beautiful world that's close as well as the beautiful world that's far away. Awesome. Yeah. And what about for people who feel like they've read every good book that exists, looking forward to the future, what are some of the most anticipated books of 2019? Oh my gosh. First of all, I'm very jealous of that person. <laughs> Maybe they don't exist. I'm but very I jealous. Of all of us reach a point where we're like, just need a new book. Yeah. Yes. And there's so many good things already on the docket for next year. And of course, lots of things that we won't hear about till they come out. But some that are coming up sort of in the spring that to look forward to. Uh, for fans of The Hate You Give, Angie Thomas has a new book coming out called The Come Up Ooh. in February, which should be great. Um, one of my favorite books of last year, The Kiss Quotient, uh, author Helen Hang has a new one coming out in May called The Bride Test. Nice. So I'm looking forward to that one. Um, on that same genre, the person who wrote The Wedding Date also has a book that's already out called The Proposal, but then there's another one we're getting called The Wedding Party. Yeah. You just want to like spend more time in that universe and with those characters. Yes. Speaking of universes and characters, I want to go back to um, Rebecca Roanhorse, who was on the podcast earlier in the year, has a sequel coming out to her first book, Trail of Lightning. It's called Storm of Locusts. And if you remember when she was on the podcast, I think she described it as um, a girl gang adventure on post-apocalyptic Route 66. So mm -hmm. super pumped about that one. Cannot wait. I know. I know. <laughs> it's going to be great. 
Um, I really loved Arrival, and Ted Chang is a local author of speculative fiction. He's got a new one called Exhalation that oh, I can't great. wait to read. Yeah, those are beautiful stories. Any other sort of personal? Yes, absolutely. It's <laughs> personal so long. Um, did you read the essay Cat Person that took the internet by storm? I did. So the person who wrote that, uh, Christian Rupenian, has a short story collection that I can't wait to get my hands on. And I'm pretty sure it comes out in January. So it's like new year, new book. Yay! <laughs> um, and then local fave, Lindy West, has a book called The Witches Are Coming, which is also based on an essay she wrote for the New York Times, um, which sort of looks at the way that in our current political climate, it's really funny to see men describing what's happening to them as a witch hunt. Um, and she sort of takes issue with that and examines... Uh, I I believe the end of her essay said, yes, I am a witch, and I'm hunting you. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds right up your alley. It really is. Um, That same alley is also populated by (laughs) Jessica Valenti, who uh, edited this collection called The Future is Feminist and features some of my favorite writers. So uh, in there, we've got essays by Roxane Gay, Ijeoma Luo, Mindy Kaling, and so many more. Wonderful. Um, another thing I'm looking forward to is a new graphic novel by Mariko Tamaki, who's one of my faves. Uh, it's called Laura Dean Keeps Breaking Up With Me. And then one of our local council members, Kashama Sawant, has a book called American Socialist. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I can't wait to read more about her story. Yeah. I can go on and on and on, but what about you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I picked five. Uh, all coming out in the first half of the year. Um, My first one is Black Leopard, Red Wolf by Marlon James. So he is the author of A Brief History of Seven Killings, which is set in Jamaica in the 70s and 80s. It's sort of about drug trade and uh, Bob Marley and all kinds of things. It is one of the most astonishing books that I've ever read. It's told in like something like 50 different narrators and each narrator has a super distinct voice. So he's a great writer and he's doing something totally different. Black Leopard, Red Wolf is a fantasy and it's Mm. the beginning of like an epic fantasy series a la Game of Thrones, except that it's African inspired. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he's going to do with his incredible writing powers and this sort of new world to explore. Um, I'm also really interested in the Cassandra by Sharma Shields. She's a Spokane author, so Washington State. And this is a story set at Hanford Nuclear Facility uh, in the 40s about a young woman who has sort of apocalyptic visions. Her first, Sharma's first novel, um, Sasquatch Hunter's Almanac came out a few years ago and was the Washington State Book Award winner. Uh, And I love the way that she writes about sort of the other side of the state. That's where I grew up. And I love to see that part of the state written about as often as this side of the state, which is all rain and clouds and moody trees. And it's very different over there. So I'm really looking vampires. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Fewer vampires on the other side of the state. So I'm really looking forward to that. The Cassandra by Sharma Shields. Um, there's a graphic memoir coming out called Kid Gloves by Lucy Nisley. Are you familiar with her? I think we're both really smitten with her work. She's great. She wrote Relish, French Milk, about traveling to Paris and spending some time with her mom and just eating lots of delicious food. Yeah, she is so funny and her art is really, um, like really charming and relatable. Mm -hmm. And so Kid Gloves is her memoir about getting pregnant. She had a hard time getting pregnant and then being pregnant and then she had like a really sort of traumatic 
complicated birth. And um, I follow her on Instagram, and she draws these hilarious comics about parenthood. So I'm really looking forward to reading that one. Comes out in February. Um, and then two that are just feel like really in my wheelhouse. Um, the first is American Spy by Lauren Wilkinson. This is a Cold War spy thriller set in the 80s. It's about a young black woman who works for the CIA, and she's kind of been like passed over for a lot of promotions, and she feels like her career is maybe dead ending. So when she gets a approach to be on this task force to sort of undermine the charismatic young communist leader of Burkina Faso, she takes the job, even though she has some qualms about it, because in some ways she really admires what this man is doing. And her role is, is a honeypot, essentially. So she's supposed to seduce him. So it's part partially a love story and partially a family story and partially a spy thriller. Uh, it's based on real events. This man that she's tasked with seducing is a real person who I don't know anything about. I don't know anything ab about Burkina Faso or West Africa in general. So I'm really looking forward to getting a little history with this, what I hope will be like a really fascinating character study. Intriguing. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, that one is is high on my list. And then my last pick is Women Talking by Miriam Toes. This one comes in April. It's also based on real events. So it's based on something that happened in a Mennonite colony in Bolivia in the early 2000s, where more than 100 women in the colony were drugged and raped at night over the course of, like, months. And they would wake up in the morning and try and report this, and people kept telling them, the, the men in the community kept telling them, it's your imagination, or it's ghosts, or it's demons who are punishing you for your sins, and... Uh, eventually it turned out that in fact that was not the case. There was a group of men in the colony who were committing this horrible crime. So this book follows eight of these women, um, imagined, but, uh, that story is all true, follows eight women sort of discussing their options after it's, this has all come to light. Um, they have almost no experience in the outside world. Bolivia is a country that they don't know anything about. They don't speak the language, um, but they also don't know if they can stay in a community that didn't value or believe their story. So I'm really, really interested to read that one as well. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So lots of great stuff. Those are just a few books. There's so many books and they're all so great. <laughs> that could be our other tagline for the <laughs> books are so great, guys. So I think we're almost done. Yeah, um, in 2019, we also have new reading challenge categories to look forward to. We do. Uh, and I think some of the books that we've talked about will fit into these categories. So I guess I'm just going to, do you want to just alternate? I'll yeah. read one, you read one. All right, here we are announcing the 2019 Tend to Try challenge categories. Read a book about history. Read a children's book. Maybe revisit a classic from childhood that you loved. Read a book about a subject that can be difficult to discuss. Read a book of poetry. Read a book by a journalist. Or a book recommended by KCLS staff. Read a book by an LGBTQIA author. Or a book about crime. Read a book about family. And a book by an immigrant author. So those are our challenges for next year. We will be talking about them in future episodes, interviewing authors, coming up with some suggestions. So follow along with us. And if you like the show, don't forget to leave us a rating or review. Yeah. And I think our next episode, we're going to dive into crime. We are. Until next time. Happy reading. Happy reading. Happy reading.